you know, my wife probably thinks this is the most hypocritical sermon I have ever preached. Welcome and thanks for listening to this week's sermon podcast. This is episode number 284. And why do I suggest that uh, maybe uh, my wife is not digging that I preach this sermon? Well, because we're talking about remembering this week. And my wife will be the first one to tell you that I am the worst when it comes to remembering. In fact, I talked just a little bit about it in the sermon about... um, you know, remembering and how she used to kind of think I was playing around with her, but I don't know what it is, guys. I just have a hard time remembering something. So if you like look at my desk at home at the office, I've always got note cards and uh, papers with stuff written all over because you just uh, notes that I have to have. If not, things get get flown out the window and they get forgotten about. So, but anyway, that's what we're talking about today. Today's the first, or excuse me, this past week was the first Sunday in Lent, and I've been thinking about it. Uh, our church has been doing. Following the Bible project, reading the entire Bible throughout the year. And so I've kind of missed doing the lectionary uh, a bit like I had been before uh, because I used to be able to, to, to listen to some of my colleagues and other people and hear what they're preaching about. And it would, it would kind of line up and, you know, it build off what I was preaching and those kinds of things. So I do miss that aspect of it uh, this year. But I am loving, loving the fact that. Uh, our church is going through the Bible together and we're, we're reading these stories. And, you know, sometimes let's be real. Uh, we've been in the book of Numbers for uh, a week or so. And uh, it's, sometimes the reading's kind of dry because of all these offerings and everything. You know, we just we feel like we're repeating ourselves and hearing the same thing over and over. But uh, beyond that, it's, it's just been exciting to be able to to hear these stories and know we're all reading them together. And then on Sunday, you know, hearing something that we've read and, and talking a little bit about it. I don't know that I've. Uh, before this, uh, preached from the book of Numbers before. So it could be very well that this, you know, has been the first time that I've been able to do that and only because we've taken this intentional uh, look through the Bible. Uh, the sermon I actually opened up, I didn't put it in the podcast, uh, I opened up with a, a clip from Tim Hawkins. Oh, Tim Hawkins is one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Guy is hilarious, hilarious. If, if you ever need just a you know a few minutes to laugh at something to kind of you know unwind and de-stress yourself, uh, I recommend going to YouTube and uh, type in Tim Hawkins and watch a few clips. I do that from time to time, and it's just a great way for me to, like I said, de-stress myself and just uh, just laugh. The guy is extremely funny. I'll put the clip that I showed uh, in church in the show notes here, so you can watch it too and see what I'm talking about. It's a great. It was a great way, I thought, to, to open up. But um, so today's sermon is Remembering with God, and we're going to talk about how God wants us to remember, what God wants us to remember, and why it's important for us to remember. So here we go. A couple questions for you, though, in thinking about remembering what's in the Bible. Why do we take pictures? Why do we buy school yearbooks? Why do we write things down to remember? It's important to remember, and we we want to remember. We want to remember the good things of our life. We want to remember the good things that we have experienced. We want to be able to look back at any time and say, Ah, yes, I remember that day. 
I remember what happened when so-and-so did so-and-what. I remember, I remember, and I want to remember. So when it comes to the goodness of God, I'm willing to give us all a pass, and I'm willing to give all of us the benefit of the doubt and say that we want to remember the things of God. Just like we want to remember the good things of our life, we want to remember the good things of God. But do any of you have any trouble remembering things? It was one of the greatest days of my life, sisters and brothers, when Gloria finally realized I wasn't joking around. I just forget a lot of stuff. And before I think she thought I was playing with her, I was trying to get out of doing whatever or going wherever, but one day I think she finally said, this guy just doesn't remember anything. Even people at church caught on to it. They'd come to him Sunday morning and say, hey, Brother John, you know what, never mind, I'll go tell Gloria, because you won't remember at all. Sound like anybody? I'm not the only one, right? We have trouble sometimes remembering, even remembering the good things that we want to remember. And as much as you want to remember, sisters and brothers, I want you to be aware and to understand that God wants you to remember too. In our reading throughout this week, we've seen uh, God lay out all of these offerings, one after the other. We've seen already how God has uh, told the people what the tabernacle will look like and what it's to be and how it's to be arranged. We've heard about the priests and what they're to wear and what they're to do. And part of what's happening, the reason why God outlines all this is God is, is saying, remember what I have done for you. Remember the new people I am making you into right now. See, and so as it's told, as God arranged all these offerings and these times of, of worship and remembrance, the people would have to remember to do certain things. The people would have to get their animals and they'd have to make sure they knew that this animal was going to be used for this and that this animal was going to be used for another time. They had to make sure they had this amount of flour ready and all these kinds of things and oils and everything else. They had to remember how all of this worked. But then God tells Moses, and just a small passage, you saw how quickly we read it, you saw just, just a few verses. God says, now, then I want you to tell the people to do something else. I want you to tell them to do something to their clothes. And what God tells the people to do is to add a fringe on their clothes. Maybe you've seen these either on TV. Maybe you have a, a, a Jewish friend, or maybe your family is Jewish, and you may see these hanging from the fringes of their Clothes. These are called zitzit. Can you say that? Can you say it ten times fast? Don't, don't try. Don't try. You'll just get everybody. And so. The fringe that God commands to be put on the clothes of the people was set to be a reminder to them of God's command. Now, you and I, we tend to wear crosses maybe, right? Or maybe on our shirt we have something but, but the thing is, if you're wearing a cross on your neck to remember God, to remember the things of God, well, you don't really see that, do you? You have to be in a mirror or some kind of reflection to be able to see that. And maybe you can feel it and things, but you can't see it all the time. But if you've got one of these on, 
You can't get away from the commands of God. Because as God set it up, God says you're going to wear that and you're going to have it there. And when you see it there, you will remember my mitzvahs. Say that again. Mitzvah. Those are commandments. You will remember my commandments. Now, there are 613 commandments to remember. That's how I feel, too. 613. And part of what happens is there's a numerical value of the five letters that comprise the Hebrew word zitzit. And as it works out, that numerical value comes out to 16. So each letter of the word zitzit has a numerical value. If you add all those together, it comes up to 600. So then if you look at the the, the knots that are on the tassel, there's five knots and there's eight strings that are part of the tassel. And so if you add the 600 plus the five plus the eight, what do you get? Sorry to make you do math on a Sunday morning, but you get 613. And so literally, if I'm wearing one of these, I have in my hands a constant reminder of the 613 commands of God. And how, maybe more importantly, they are ever before me and ever with me. See, these things weren't just cute little knickknacks to wear and, ooh, where'd you get yours at? Oh, I just, is that, oh, that's pretty. That's how we talk about crosses, right? That's a pretty cross. You ever get confused? That's a pretty cross. But then we sing old rugged cross. Next time you want to go buy a cross, don't buy a nice 24-karat gold one. Go buy an old rickety-looking one. See what everybody tells you then. See how it feels when you wear it. See, this isn't just something, oh, this is nice to wear. I I like the way it makes me look. This is a constant dress for the people of God to remember the commands of God. A lot of times when I do weddings, I'll ask the the couple, the family, you know, if there's any particular Bible verses that they want to include in our time together. And most often it's, it's one of a couple of them that they ask. They either want to do uh, one from 1 Corinthians, yeah, about, you know, uh, love is and all that kind of stuff. And, or they want to do, you know, for God so loved the world. They try to find one that has to do with love. And those are all very good. But if I get my choice, I always say, I want to go to the book of Colossians. In the book of Colossians, there's a great image that the writer gives us, presumably Paul. And he says to put on love. And I like to use that passage for a wedding because I know <laughs> that there are people in that family that have been thinking about what to wear for that wedding day for a long time. And a part of what we see is when that family finally comes together before God and before all their friends and all their family, if they don't put on love, who cares what the dress looks like? If they don't put on love, who cares if all the groomsmen are in the same color? So even in the New Testament, we see this this image of, of the clothes being a reminder of who we are and whose we are. Put on love. And when you come to church, sometimes, yeah, this looks okay. I like the way this looks. Yeah, good. And we worry, well, is this going to make me look this? Or are people going to say anything? God says, forget that. You want to get dressed? Don't, re- don't think about what people are going to think of you. You remember me. Even in how you dress, 
Now, that may seem like, oh, God, you worried about what I wear. But what God is saying is there's something so simple as the clothes we wear that can be a constant, faithful reminder of God's presence and God's commands before us. Same thing with communion. When we do communion, we do communion with two elements. What are those two elements? Bread and wine. Now, we don't use wine. A lot of things. We'll talk about that some other time. But if you think about it, bread and wine... Those are two of the most basic things in the world. And God takes that basic, those basic things, and brings something meaningful and powerful out of them. And here God says something as simple as some cloth that you have to wear every day is going to help you remember the commands of God. So a couple questions for you. You and I don't wear these. I'm not saying we should, but we just don't. But the question still remains, what are you doing then to remember the Lord's commandments? Do you have anything in your life, do you have anything that you're doing that helps you remember? Again, we want to remember. We know that God is good all the time and all the time that God is good. And so the commandments of God must be good. And so we want to remember. What are you doing? To remember. Another question maybe we could ask is, why do we need to remember the Lord's commandments? Why do I need to remember the Ten Commandments? Why should I remember the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Why should I remember these things? Well, I'll tell you a story. It's been several months ago now, and it was right after church. right? I even think it was a communion Sunday. And so you know what that means when we come to church, we praise God, don't we? We pray together, we sing together, we hear the word together. If it was a, if it was a, uh, a communion Sunday, then we shared the bread and the cup together. We asked God to do powerful things. And it was after service, and Gloria and I, we had, we had to do something. We went to H-E-B. If there's any place you need to remember God, it's in an H-E-B parking lot. There I am. I'm hungry, y'all. You know, I'm one of the last ones to leave here. That's okay. So I'm hungry. I'm ready to get home. I still got to go get whatever we're going to get and then go home and then eat. I'm, hungry. I'm ready to go. And so Gloria was going to get off. And so I'm maneuvering and getting around the, the parking lot. And as I'm doing that, there's a guy on a bike. And boy, he just zooms out right in front of me. Now, he had some things to say to me that included some hand gestures and some not Sunday-like words. And I'm going to tell you something, sisters and brothers. God has softened my heart so much. But in that moment, I was ready to bless him. And I don't know if maybe I said something or maybe it's the eyes popping out of my head or the veins popping. Glory said, love God, love others. You still wear yours? You know why I still wear mine? Because you never know (laughs) when you're going to really need to remember the Word of God. It may be an H-E-B parking lot. It may be tomorrow at the office. (laughs) Who am I kidding? It may be outside when you leave church today. 
They may be in the car ride home with the kids. Why do we need to remember the things of God? Because as we're trying to live, we aren't just trying to get through our days. We're trying to live through our days and give God everything we have. And the only way we can do that, sisters and brothers, is by remembering the commands of God. Because if we don't, if you pay attention to what God tells Moses to tell us, is that if we don't remember God's way, you know whose way we're going to remember? Our way. Proverbs said the same thing. Remember my way. Remember what I tell you. Because if you don't, sisters and brothers, in that moment, in that instant, in the parking lot, your way is going to surface again. Your way is going to come back. Your words are going to come out your mouth. Your words that you're going to have to be sorry for later, make up for later. Because if we don't remember God's way, we don't remember God's words We're bound to remember our own. And that's not an abundant life. It's not an abundant life, and it's certainly not the God, the life God wants for us. So why do we need to remember the Lord's commandments? So that we forget our own way, and God's way becomes our way. But there's another another meaningful and powerful reason I think we remember the Lord's commands. It's because God remembers. We remember... Because God remembers. So not only do we want to remember, but we also want to be remembered as well, don't we? We want to be remembered, and we want to be remembered well by our family, our friends, and certainly by God. Right now, as we've been reading through uh, Numbers, starting with Genesis and going through Numbers, we're reading about how God is building the people, how God has freed them, how, how God now is making them into a new nation and, and preparing them to live. Later on, when we get a little further, we're going to be reading about something else, not the building of the people, but the fall of the people. See, because it's easy to forget God's way and to remember our way. And the story of God's people has a similar cycle that we see. You know, we, we, we want to remember and we say we'll remember, but then there we go again, forgetting. And, and as we continue in Scripture, we see that the people of God, they had forgotten the ways of God so much that everything was taken away from them. And it wasn't just God saying, hey, I'm going to show you. It was God saying, look, I've told you forever and ever, if you don't turn back, this is what's going to happen. And it happened. People lost everything. Their home, their land, they were taken away as, as slaves. They were taken away by another people. They were at their lowest point. But at their lowest point, God is able to tell them, there will come another day when I will rebuild you. And at their lowest point, God promises the people that one day they would be restored. These words from Isaiah 49, I'm going to read to you. Some of you are probably familiar with me. Such powerful words. God has told them that, I will bring you home and I'm going to restore you again. And their response is essentially, 
how in the world can that happen? Have you ever had a situation? Have you ever had something you're going through where somebody says, you know what, we're, we're going to make it through this. I don't know how, but something good is going to come out of this and we're going to be okay on the other side. And you wonder, how is that even possible? And that's how the people felt. They were utterly destroyed, utterly hopeless. And God says, I'm going to rebuild you. Then he says these words through Isaiah. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. God says, can a woman forget her nursing child? Or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. And then he says this. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. God says to the people who are so hopeless, who have felt forgotten by God, says, don't feel forgotten. I have never forgotten you. And how do I remember you? I keep you right here where I can always see you. What God says, I want you to keep me where you can see me and remember me. And I want you to know that even when you walk through the darkest valley, you may feel forgotten by everybody else, but you are not forgotten by me because I've got you right here. The text doesn't say it's written. It says it's inscribed. It's maybe burned into. You're not going to get it off his hand. I have not forgotten you. That's a powerful reminder for me because I know sometimes I can feel as if what's happening around me and everything that we have to deal with, everything we see on TV makes you think what good could possibly come out of any of this. Surely God has forgotten us. That's our way of thinking. Forget our way of thinking and remember God's way because God's way says I haven't forgotten you. At their lowest point, God told them, I remember you. And at your lowest point, sisters and brothers, I want you to hear God say, I remember you too. I have not forgotten you. And maybe you remember Jesus. Jesus being there on Good Friday. He's there on the cross. And as he's there on the cross, on one side he has one criminal. On the other he has another criminal. What that means is... There, Jesus, we know him to be innocent. We know him to be God, and he shouldn't be there. But he's, he's, on, he's in between two guys that probably should be there. They're being punished for something they've done. And as Jesus is up on the cross, the people there, they're ridiculing him. One on one side is saying things to him. In fact, Luke says it this way. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of commandment? Do you not fear God? Do you not remember God, you might say? 
And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, you remember these words, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You remember what Jesus told him? Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Even as this criminal was getting what he deserved, his prayer to God was, remember me. And even at our point when we feel and we've done something that has alienated us so much from God. Or maybe we've turned to our own ways so much that we don't see how it's humanly possible to just turn around to God's way. We still hear that prayer of that man on the cross. Remember me. You know what God says? I remember. I haven't forgotten you. So, sisters and brothers, take this with you today. I don't know what you're going through lately. I don't know what you feel like. I don't know if you feel like you even need to know it. Well, God says, don't forget me. Because I haven't forgotten you. In the name of God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Yeah, so remembering the things of God because God has remembered us. Amen. Yeah, amen. You know, um, I have a love-hate relationship with uh, Christian bookstores. Uh, of course, you know, I'm always reading, so the books aren't ever the problem usually. Uh, but sometimes what I, I get frustrated by is you go in and you see all these posters or pictures, um, all just kind of knick-knack stuff, right? And they'll have a scripture on it or sometimes a prayer or whatever. And there's a part of me that feels like, wow, you know, we'll we'll try to sell anything, right? Just put a little uh, Jesus on there and uh, somehow that makes it holy. And so there's a part of me that just really tries to stay away from that. But there's still another part of me that thinks, well, maybe, hopefully, you know, maybe that pencil with a Bible verse will be something that will help somebody remember, you know, a promise of God one day. And so my hope is, is that, you know, through all those kinds of things, posters, bookmarks, uh, what else? I've seen egg shakers, uh, all kinds of just who knows uh, who comes up with these things. But hopefully uh, our faith isn't trivialized and certainly that scripture isn't trivialized by you know, putting it on these kinds of things and that maybe it helps us remember the things of God uh, more faithfully. Amen and amen. So I hope you have a great rest of the week. May God's presence be unavoidable to you and may the blessing of God be yours as you seek his peace. Have a great rest of the day. listening to another sermon podcast if you want to support the podcast please leave a review on itunes or wherever you listen each week 
You can always find me online at anotherjohn.com. And remember, I might just be another John, but I serve an amazing God. And so do you. Stay blessed.